0: welcome back to another exciting and violent probably it will be violent episode of the fight talk podcast it's your boy john mosley here with steven jensen as always here um we we always get talking about the weekend and what we've got going on but before that uh we wanted to give a big time shout out to kimbo slice today is his birthday i believe he would have been 47 today uh definite icon for fighting whether it's youtube whether it's tough um the the infamous fight with dada whatever you think of kimbo um there's no there's no you know you can't say it any other way man that guy's a fight icon bro like i remember watching like i remember where i was the first time i saw like a kimbo slice fight video and you know that like that that tells you everything so uh quick shout out to kimbo um kimbo slice man on his birthday steven jensen
1: yeah man speaking of that like i remember the first time i saw him fight also it was on youtube when youtube was like a very primitive like it hadn't been around for very long and i'm all like i'm almost positive the first time i saw him fight was i was in like at school senior year of high school and it was like we had this like first period or whatever was kind of like this joke class which was you know it was like computer education or something like that so everyone was on computers and basically it was just us like surfing the internet for an hour every day when you got to school and you uh people found out about youtube and this is back when like eBombs world was like popping off and uh there was like all these random file sharing websites kazaa and uh were killing it still at this time uh, because, you know, Napster had, you know, had their issues. So, um, I remember just, we used to watch Bob Sapp videos. Like, some he, he, back then they used to put, like, Bob Sapp um, montages together. This is back when Bob Sapp was fighting, like, a big Nogueira and stuff like that. And eventually, just somehow through that, we stumbled across Kimbo Slice. And he, like, quickly became everybody's favorite it was like everyone in my whole class that were watching these videos. We were like, Oh man, Kimbo is the man. Like how cool would it be to see him, you know, fight uh, like real fighters in the UFC and stuff like that. And, you know, of course a lot of people know at this point, but you know, Jorge Masvidal started his, uh his career basically through these Kimbo slice backyard fights. Um, yep. You know, so like, you know, really, really cool stuff, you know, crazy to look back on and, I'll say one of my favorite Kimbo moments wasn't even a fight. Uh, It was when they were introducing the ultimate fighter. I think it was season 10 when they did the all heavyweights and Roy Nelson was on there. Right, Yeah. Yeah. And I was really pumped up for Roy Roy Nelson being on the show because I'd watched him in IFL before the UFC. So I was like, oh, damn, I bet Roy Nelson wins this whole thing. Like, this guy's like real legit. Like, I've actually been watching. I was watching like him and Ben, not Ben Rothwell. Um. Who is the other one over in IFL? Um, it might have been Roth I'm I'm blanking now. But there was a couple good fighters over there in IFL, and uh, and then they're all standing in the room, and like there there's one person left, and like they do the big reveal. Remember that when like Kimbo walks oh, into I the do. room, and everyone's like, oh damn, because everyone already knew who Kimbo was, because that's how big he
0: was, you know, online. And what a class! Like that whole show, it's one of the craziest kind of rosters of fighters. On that, you've got Kimbo, of course, Brennan Shab, now known more for I guess podcast and entertainment necessarily than fighting. But Shaw was on that, um, and then, yeah, like you said, the, the man himself, Roy Nelson. I remember when they fought on the show. That whole build up uh, into that episode, all my boys were like, "Yo, he's gonna he's gonna knock this fat fucker out," and i was right. like, "Guys, <laughs> this guy may look like." just some bum but i assure you if he gets a hold of kimbo on the ground it's over and we all know who watched what happened happened
1: yeah that's exactly what happened like roy was really smart and you know people got really butthurt over that because he put him in a crucifix and just kind of hit him in the head over and over and you know i i those people just didn't know you know it's just they just didn't know what roy nelson was but then to be fair like kimbo you know, he yeah, went he, in there. It, Houston,
0: and, he fought Houston Alexander?
1: Yeah, fought he, and he, he beat Houston Alexander, right? right.
0: Yes, so. he did. By decision, which who 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 made a, a, a prop bet or whatever for Vegas that night that Kimbo Slice would, like, <laughs> would win that fight by decision?
1: <laughs> yeah, or, I mean, that either would go. Yeah, distance, true. Because Houston Alexander at that time, like, he was definitely on the decline, but he had a couple – He had a small stretch there where like he looked like he could be the next, you know, you know, title challenger. He 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 looked great. And then he really dropped off. But uh, and then, yeah, you, you mentioned the Kimbo and Dada 5000 fight, which, you know, to be to be fair, like objectively, like from the outside looking in, like if I didn't watch MMA as often as I do and I tuned in for that fight as like a total casual, it was probably incredible. You know what I mean? Like, just watching these guys just slug out until they completely gassed out. And then, you know... And and honestly, like, as a pro wrestling fan, I like that kind of stuff. As, like, a purest MMA fan, like, that fight was trash. And, like, Dad, I was so out of shape that he literally, like, died in the ring. And then they, like, had to revive him, like, because of exhaustion. So that fight should have never actually had... It should have never been sanctioned. But... Um, but it is still fun to go back and just kind of remember those times in mixed martial arts and stuff like that. And and Kimbo was people can say whatever they want to about Kimbo, he was a draw. Like that dude outdrew, I think he outdrew everyone on Bellator. Like he, like him himself, like he himself. And granted, where some of these people were in their careers, but you know he outdrew people like uh, you know Shamrock and and Gracie over at Bellator outdrew everybody probably probably outdraws Fedor you know as crazy as that is to say I mean it's you know like Kimbo was Kimbo definitely deserves his place you know in MMA history like not the best fighter ever but like I mean brought a lot of eyes to the sport
0: I was gonna say he is the uh he moved the needle he moved the needle yeah for sure yeah shout out Kimbo Slice again uh, I'm gonna, I'm definitely gonna go back and watch him, like, fucking up the dude in football pads. Like, he tackles him. <laughs> you remember that video? Have you seen that video? Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, dude. So, yeah. Uh, man, it's, uh, Icon, I'll say it again. He may not, like you said, he's not the GOAT. He's not one of the greatest fighters of all time. But you're crazy if you don't think that, that Kimbo Slice's name is gonna be a part of fight lore, uh, till the end of time, man. Um, so yes, a little bit of a, a sad day, We know, uh, RIP, but, um, one more time for, for Kimbo, bro. Um, how was the weekend, man? I know, I know we had some good fights, but, uh, anything else really going on?
1: Uh, I can't really remember to be honest. I'm always so bad about like what happened on what day, but, uh, yeah, I mean the UFC show I thought was good. We're about to talk about that. um, been recording a lot of podcasts and stuff like that going live on Jesse's YouTube channel just kind of killing time and shooting the shit about wrestling and stuff with the chat. I had a had a really good episode with my buddy Doug. Uh the other day we went like 3 hours about like wrestling, MMA, action figures, all that stuff. So that's available um you know right here on this podcast feed. Uh, If you all want to check that out in audio or if you want to check out the video, check it out at Jesse Davin, J-E-S-S-I-D-A-V-I-N. And speaking of Jesse, it is her birthday today. So happy birthday to Jesse. She just had her second daughter, Savannah, uh, like a week ago. So she's very, very busy and she's a very good friend of mine. So give her a shout out as well for for, happy birthday to Jesse Davin. Yeah, big time. Happy birthday. Yeah. How about you, man? What was what was your? I know you. We talked a little bit before the the show, but if you want to let people kind of know what you're up to this weekend,
0: yeah, we did a filming for New South Wrestling, uh, two new episodes of our Tuesday night show, and then a like a pay per view big show, however you want to refer to it. Um, so three tapings. It was a long night, man, but it was good. We got some good stuff coming out, I believe. Um, I believe, actually, those shows might be dropping this week. I think February 9th, tomorrow, uh, depending on when you listen to this, February 9th uh, is is the Action Clash. And then I think February 10th, uh, this coming up Wednesday, where is the debut of the uh, of the pay-per-view. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's what we're doing. So be on the lookout Any crossover wrestling fans over on IWTV because like i said there was some i don't want to spoil anything but there was some really cool uh, some cool shit that went down over for for new south
1: hell yeah always check that out new south pro wrestling killing it over there a lot of great talent you can hear mo's on commentary jumping johnny mosley and dude also yesterday there was the obviously there's the super bowl it was a freaking blowout though so like uh what were your thoughts on that if you if you even watched the game
0: no i did man i um I I know a lot of people hated on it because there's a lot of a lot of Tom Brady hate and uh, I, I mean I know like you said it wasn't the most exciting game but I'm a big football fan so for me the the story of can the Chiefs come back you know can Brady really do this there was a lot for me to uh, you know to really get into plus all the the commercials we all watched for but I'm not a lot man I had a good time like I, I I'm happy i been I wouldn't have been bummed either way but. I'm happy for fucking Tom Brady, bro. My guy's got more Super Bowl rings than every franchise now. And um, Eric Bruce Arians, their head coach, man, he's been in the league forever. He's at a ring. And, and what's cool about Arians too is he's very forward thinking. This is a really cool staff, like multiple coaches of color, uh, female coaches. I mean, this is a really cool like team coach. The whole like the whole embodiment of this Buccaneers team, man. For 2021, I know uh, Brady and Gronk and all that uh, gets the headlines, but a lot of really uh, deserving people got rings now. And then, let alone the fact that if you look at the roster, man, can, like if I'd have told you a couple of years ago that a team featuring Tom Brady, Gronk, Leonard Fournette, and Damacon Sue, Antonio Brown, like all these, cra- you know, at, at different points in the last decade, these are some of the best players at their positions. They're all on the same team. The the salary cap alone a few years ago, I'd have been like, there's no way, but uh, just a crazy fucking team, man, to to be together and get the ring.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I mean, I'm really impressed with Tom Brady. Like I'm a big fan of his. He's just a winner. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. Like, and, and with the, with the coaching staff, one of the smartest things that they do is they let Brady make a lot of decisions when like, when that is what needs to be done. Like, a lot of times these coaches will like plant their foot in the ground and double down in certain situations. And, and just almost approve the point where like, I'm the coach. I decide like, this is what I chose. Like, this is what we're doing. And with Brady, it's like, you know, the fourth quarter with a few minutes left. And like, he's been, been out on the field all game and he's feeling what the defense has been doing. And he knows how the game flow has been. And he's seeing a lot of stuff on the field and they just hand him the, the, whiteboard or whatever like if brady takes over like everyone's he he coaches the team like when they need him to do it and it's, it's very similar in my opinion to like lebron james anywhere he plays like and you know i don't think it really matters who the head coach is anywhere that lebron james plays basketball because you know the head coach just needs to be there to kind of just kind of uh babysit isn't the right word but you know what i mean like just make like just make sure the team is is well managed everyone's healthy everyone's you know loose like ready to go because ultimately like lebron james is running the show like he is making the the real decisions he's calling the plays i'm sure like it's all you know what i'm saying like why wouldn't it be like he's like he's the one out there doing it and knows what he's what he's doing and has and has like lebron like you know Brady has seven rings right now, and in, in football, like, like obviously mm. he knows he knows what he's doing. You know what I mean?
0: He's seven and three, I think, in the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, you bring up a great point. I think Brady seems a little rejuvenated now, being outside of. I mean, nothing's more fun than winning. We know that, but to to win and and still be able to to have fun, I think you know the Belichick way, the Patriot way. It's very. players have talked about you buy in right but it's it's very by the book and and belichick's you know the the dictator and that's the way so yeah i think it's it's rejuvenated brady to kind of be a part of this um again i i know it was not it's not going to be a super bowl talked about you know like the uh you know the falcons loss uh, to the (laughs) patriots or the fucking like the Eagles beating the Patriots, you know, those are some really classic games. The Titans, I'll shit on my team. The Titans losing to the Rams, the yeah. one-yard line. I mean, it's not going to yeah. be a classic, but I had fun watching it, man. Um, I, the, I got A couple of the commercials got me. I thought, the, I thought the halftime performance, I'm a weekend fan. I thought it was pretty cool. I had a good time.
1: Dude, it's so funny. So this is something I forgot to mention. So because I don't have – Like, I have an Xfinity login, right? So, like, I have, like, my family, not, like, not in my own. So, my family, like, where they live, they have Comcast, Xfinity, like, the cable service. So, they just give me their login so I can watch stuff online. And, like, I have my computer hooked up to my TV and yada yada. So, anyways, because I don't, because I don't have it, like, at my home because of, like, the way the Wi-Fi is set up. I can't watch certain networks live. So like I could I can't watch like ABC. I can't watch NBC. Like there's certain channels that are like blocked from me watching it because like it recognizes that I'm not at my parents' location. If that makes any sense to anyone listening. Um so basically I was basically uh it was basically blacked out at my at my house because I wasn't at my parents' address, basically. And um because of that now I have an ESPN plus uh, subscription. So on ESPN plus they showed the Super Bowl live on ESPN Deportes. So I watched the whole thing in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> so because of that That's I awesome. got all, I got all the Spanish uh in like Latin commercials. So I didn't see like any of like the like commercials people are talking <laughs> about. I was watching like Taco Bell commercials in Spanish. <laughs> so but it was fun man because like i didn't really care either way because like you know a a lot of the stuff is still in english because like they don't just like dub over everything in spanish throughout Mm -hmm. the whole show um so um anyway it was a unique experience it was just me and my brother chilling so it wasn't like i had this big party where people were like bummed out we were watching the whole thing in spanish or something but so dope um, but yeah we watched it on espn deportes so shout out espn deportes um and yeah it was good man we just ate uh we got some wings and uh wing, wings onion rings and like like uh what are the pizza bites whatever those things are called like bagel bite type things oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah we got this that kind of stuff and just grubbed out and and chilled so it was a it was a good time man and and I am I am happy for Tom Brady, like, and Patrick Mahomes is going to be there so many times. Like he won last yeah. year, you know what I mean? Like it's he's going to be there plenty of times. And and it's just really impressive to see what Brady and and the rest of the Tampa Bay Bucks were able to accomplish this year. First year having that, you know, having the this kind of situation, wild.
0: Yeah, you know, it's it's there were seven and five at one point and that's you know to to be 7 and 5 and now i think they were they won their you know the next how many ever to end the season their their last uh what the before so eight they went eight straight counting the playoffs man uh that's not easy especially you look at the quarterbacks brady beat uh i know he he beat the reds or the 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 football team excuse me the, <laughs> they beat the football team in the wild card and then what he beats breeze he beats mahomes um Oh, and Rodgers. So yeah, Yeah. Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, and Pat Mahomes all in a row. That's fucking impressive.
1: Yeah, and you know, I was talking. I mentioned earlier about the podcast I did with with Doug, and he brought up a point that I I think is kind of true. And this doesn't take anything away from it. Like, I just, I just basically told everyone how much I like Tom Brady. Like, I'm obviously a huge fan of his. But Doug was talking about how. He's like, at this point in my life, I've just accepted the way that it works in, in football is you just have to get to the playoffs. Like, that's that's what matters, getting to the playoffs, because then after that, like, that's you just, right. because after that, it's just, you know, so much just different luck and fortune and circumstance and all that. And he was like, because when you think about it, like you just said, like, you know, Brady gets in there or the the, the Buccaneers get in there. And they they wind up uh, taking on the Washington football team. And they I can't remember what happened there, but they had to play like Alex Smith. Did Alex Smith play or did they had like a backup no, quarterback? Yeah, Alex Smith, right? He wasn't
0: able to play. They wouldn't clear him. So that's yeah, he right. Was backup.
1: So backup quarterback. So like right there, it's like a little bit of luck right there. Then you get Drew Brees just has like the worst game, like the worst playoff game he ever has. And he's you know, beat the
0: shit too, from what you know we've heard. He's he's pretty beat up physically.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like came in like throughout the season, he had dealt with like broken ribs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like so, um, and then he runs into uh Green Bay and like doesn't have a great game, but like Green Bay doesn't eat like Aaron Rodgers has like some misfortune, and they have like those that bad play calling towards the end where like they're not going for touchdowns when they when yeah they have and stuff. So it's like a little bit – of just a little bit of luck, a little bit of luck, a little bit of luck, and boom, you're in the Super Bowl. You know, like – but it was just about getting into the playoffs. Like that's what really mattered because after that, like who could have – who could have predicted that ride to the Super Bowl for the the Buccaneers, especially when they had to beat Green Bay. And it was like – everyone thought it was like a foregone conclusion that Green Bay was going to smoke them and go to the Super Bowl. So like it just – they just – I mean – this is what it is. Like, you just got to get into the playoffs, and then, like, who knows
0: what's going to happen. Yeah, look at the Titans last year, right? They wild-card team that they lose to the Chiefs in the AFC title game, and, of course, the Chiefs won it last year. So, um, yeah, just get in. doesn't matter what round anymore. Just get in. And, uh, and yeah, man, they played from week one, and, you know, the the playoff, I should say, from the wild-card on. Um, and then you, you go to Green Bay. I didn't know how that was going to go. You said it, Brady threw some picks. They were tips, but, the, you know, uh, the defense, that's really the story where, where we don't, we should shout out before we get into this fight night recap, but shout out the Buccaneers defense, bro. We're spending all this time talking about Brady, but that defense played very well against the Packers and the Chiefs.
1: Hell oh, yeah, man. And shout out to Anton Winfield Jr. Who yeah. Is, yeah. The, the son I of my favorite.
0: Last night, he fucking threw that shit up. I was like, Jensen's loving this shit.
1: Yeah, well, you know, because he had caught a, a pick off a of deflection, like, the quarter prior or, like, mm-hmm. earlier that quarter. So, like, yeah, and, and I don't know if you know, that was a reference to earlier in the season, mm-hmm. the two of them. Like, he got the, the, he got the peace sign thrown his way when he got burned earlier in the season. So, he gave it back. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. And I could sit here and talk about that all day. But, you know, he was a guy I really wanted in the draft. I think we should have drafted him. His dad is my favorite defensive player of all time, Antoine Winfield Sr. Um, and he was a Viking for uh, you know over a decade, and and just in in Winfield Jr. went to the the University of Minnesota to play football. So like it all just was, was lined up perfect. Like he was already there. People already knew him. People already knew his dad. Like why wouldn't you draft this guy? and you know good for him like he didn't get drafted to the vikings but he did wind up getting a super bowl in his rookie season and guess what everybody that's something the vikings have never done in the history of their franchise so who's really laughing last laugh in this situation is antoine jr and uh yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean just another bonehead decision by the minnesota vikings why not putting well, him on their roster, but their, their defense played. Yeah. That's, that's a big part of it. Moes. I mean, you can't win championships without, without a high level
0: defense. And another little story nugget. I love is uh, Winfield senior, right? Before the Vikings, he was a bill. So <clears throat> how many years in the same division did he lose to Tom Brady? And he probably was like, man, fuck Tom Brady. And now <laughs> his son's got a ring, be, you know, and thanks in part to Tom Brady, bro. It's just, again, that life and sports and everything. It's so weird.
1: Yeah. Full circle. Um, I.
0: Yeah, I, I I just I'm ready for football to be back
1: already, though. Yeah. You know, like I, I, I wish there was like some sort of XFL even or something like normally I wouldn't care too much, but about football being gone. But with kind of the year we had last year and not really knowing what it's looking like going forward as far as. You know, still things haven't changed too much, as far you know what I mean. So, like mm-hmm. I, I, uh, I really like watching football. It definitely, you know, definitely gives me uh, a lot of entertainment. So, I'm looking forward to watching football again, hopefully soon.
0: Oh, stay there man. Skull, go Titans. Uh, um, we're we're ready. We're ready. Uh, one more time for the Bucks Super Bowl champions, and uh, and yeah, I can't wait to get back uh, back to it in a few months, but. Everyone's here to talk about this UFC Fight Night Overeem versus Volkov card. We're going to talk about it a little bit. And then, of course, preview UFC 258, which is this coming up weekend, February 13th. Uh, But the Fight Night, as mentioned, UFC on ESPN Plus, 42 UFC Vegas 18, however you want to call it. Alexander Volkov, Alistair Overeem in the main event second round finish for volkov this was uh, a performance of the night but this was dope man for volkov again we both uh we we raved about over him last week and for every rightfully so uh but you more than me were saying you know volkov he's done this he's done that and uh and this is one that he definitely can get the job done and he did man tko in the second round
1: yeah and it was complete domination like Overeem had nothing for him. It was just a one-sided beatdown. Volkov looked really, really good. His size, you know, is going to be a problem for a lot of people in the division, and it already has been. Like, if you look at Volkov's UFC run, you know, he was the Bellator champion. Uh, wound up coming over after a, a short stint in M1 glow or M1 Challenge, and then he had, let's see. Beats Tim Johnson, Roy Nelson, Stephen Struve, Fabricio Verdum, which does not get talked about often enough, former UFC heavyweight champion. Loses to Derek Lewis, literally with, you know, 10 seconds left in the fight, a fight that he was winning. Uh, Beats Greg Hardy, loses a unanimous decision to Curtis Blades. Basically gets out-wrestled, but fair play to Curtis Blades. Like, I don't don't hate on that. That was just a smart strategy. And then he beats Walt Harris and Alistair Overing back-to-back. That's a hell of a resume for a guy who's been in the company now for like four years. So you know, four or five years. He's really climbing the ranks. I mean, if you look at the heavyweight rankings, let me see where he sits or where, where he will sit next. You have... Um, why am I having such a hard time? There it is. Um, So Overeem was ranked fifth. Volkov was ranked sixth. I think they'll just switch positions there. They may even drop Overeem a little bit farther down the rankings. Um, cause Gain is gonna be fighting, uh, a Rosenstrike, I'm pretty sure. So, man, I mean, this is, uh, this is a huge win for Volkov. He, he put himself in a position where if he wins like one more big fight, I could see him getting a title shot.
0: Really? Uh, well, I, I, that was gonna be my question too, because, um, of how dominant the win was. Two wins in a row, like you mentioned now, Walteris, Alistair Green. Um, but as dominant as that performance was, that kind of thought had crept in my head now as, as you know, Overing was talking about how he wanted to, you know, one more push, maybe try to get that title. And uh, for it to be this much of a, a shellacking uh, for Volkov, I had the same kind of thought in my head that maybe this kind of jumps him up a little bit, a little quicker.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean... And I just double-checked, uh, Rosenstrike is fighting uh, Surreal Gain next. Surreal Gain, yep. Yeah, so... Um, and that's a really big fight. The only... The problem that all these heavyweights are going to have right now with, like, kind of a potential jam in the division is... I mean, thank God Nganou's Stipe rematch is set for, like, two months from now. So that'll finally happen. Um, if Nganu wins, though... I could see them doing an immediate trilogy with Nganu and Miochek because that's what Miochek is going to want. Like he's not going to want to have to fight anybody else. He's going to, you know, we saw it happen with DC. I mean, that's why that trilogy happened and and played out the way that it did, you know? So I, and then like the big X factor of course is going to be John Jones joining the heavyweight division. And I, I have to imagine the tentative plan is Jones fights the winner of Nganu and Miochek. Um so maybe even if Ngannou wins you do Ngannou and Jones and then you do you know Stepe fights the winner of that cuz that that also still makes sense to do it that way. So there basically there's there's a kind of a round robin uh, potentially going on going forward between Ngannou, Miochek, and Jones. Now, Miech beats Ngannou again, that opens things up a lot because there would be no reason for a trilogy. Miech would be 2-0 against Ngannou. Um, so it really depends on how things play out, but so you have those three guys ahead of him and then you have Rosenstreich and Gain, but because Rosenstrike already has the loss to Nganu, um, you know, I think that could help Volkov out potentially. Like, it just depends on kind of who he fights because, you know, I don't want to see him and Curtis Blades again and Blades is in that same position because he's lost to Nganu twice. So, like, it's... It's really, the heavyweight division is going to be very interesting soon. But but the immediate future is going to be Stipe and Ganu and John Jones in that mix. But right, I'd say Volkov is, you know, kind of positioned right outside of that.
0: And that's a great spot to be. Uh, again, you know, 32 years old, still plenty of time for Volkov. Those next, you know, 35 feels like such an age where we see so many fighters, especially now in the USADA, with, uh, clean as the sport has gotten. Um, those mid thirties, man, that's a real good swing you see out of fighters. So Volkov may be right where he wants to be this close to a title, um, with how, how dominant he was, you know, uh, Alistair over now, what's the question with him? I mean, does he, is he a little closer to retirement than we thought or just, you know, bad fights happen and, you know, we'll see where we're at next. Yeah,
1: I'd I'd say we'll see where we're at next because, you know, that was a, and, and all respect in the world, Alistair Overeem, if you want to hear how much I respect him, listen to the last episode me and Mose did for the predictions, because I, I took Overeem to win. Like, I... I, But he had nothing for Volkov. So it really, de- really depends on how he looks in his next fight, I think. But to be fair, too, Overeem has kind of gone through that in his career, especially, like, since coming to the UFC. You know, he's had a couple losses where... You know he lost to guys that people you know you figure he should have beaten, and then he comes back and then like beats someone you didn't expect him to beat and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I, th- I think I wouldn't say like Overeem needs to retire right now or anything like that, but I think it'll be really telling to see how he fights in his next fight. That's that's what I'm really interested in, and then. You know, to your point with Volkov and his age, I didn't even realize that Volkov was only thirty-two years old. He's already has forty-one MMA fights. He's already this good. It really reminds me kind of of like Charles Oliveira, somebody who's been around for a minute and is just now. Like I don't think either guy has really even entered their prime yet, and I, that's that's pretty that's pretty wild. Like I, I I I'm even more impressed with Volkov and where he's at right now knowing that he's only 32 because i i thought he was uh, closer to 40 for maybe just because i've been watching him you know since bellator or whatever i'd assume yeah. he's older yeah wow
0: yeah well you're saying it though yeah I I, I I thought he may be a little past you know 35 a little past it and here we are a couple of years from that mid 30s and uh and like you said 41 fights now i mean those are some good miles, but he's won a lot of his fights uh, early on, right? A lot of TKOs. Um, so some violent fights for sure, but I, I'm i really going to be interested. Well, both of these fighters, that next matchup is going to tell a lot for where each are setting, I believe.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. It will just be interesting to see who Volkov fights next, like how that kind of winds mm-hmm. up working out with... Uh... Like, because who's ahead of him? You know, maybe. Who I don't know if Derek Lewis has a fight lined up. If they're doing like Lewis and Blades or something, because like those are the two that are like the ranking would make sense, and that fight would make sense. They might be doing that. Um, but I mean, like I'd have I'd have Volkov fight Lewis or Blades again, probably. Even though the Blades fight is a is a bad stylistic matchup. Preferably, I'd like to see him and Derek Lewis. That, that probably makes the most sense. Uh, whether Lewis wins, I, I don't I don't want to assume that he's fighting Curtis Blaze. I don't know why, but I, I feel like that that must be happening. I don't know why they wouldn't be doing that fight, given the rankings and them being available and stuff. Um, But yeah, Volkov versus uh, Lewis, I would like to see a lot of, you know, try to get that win back and uh, see if Lewis can, you know, repeat magic, you know, a second time.
0: No, I'm in. I'm totally in on that one. Uh, interesting stuff, man. A main event that I didn't see it playing out like this, but very fired up for Alexander Volkov beating a fucking true legend in this sport. Uh, very excited to see going forward for him. And uh, uh,
1: just real quick, I, I just looked it. it up. Uh, Blades
0: and Lewis are fighting uh, later, oh, okay. this month,
1: later this month. So see, I that, forgot that about is, that. that is ha- so, yeah, I, I would say Volkov... I'd say Volkov versus Derek Lewis next either way. Like that's a better style of matchup. Yeah. I don't want to see him in blades again, really, to be honest. So. Yeah,
0: I'm I, I yeah, I remember that vividly. I wouldn't be shocked if he got the winner either way, but I think you're right. I think the Lewis fight might be a little more manageable. But um, you know he's gonna be he's gonna wanna to keep building now. Um, so be on the lookout for that next Alexander Volkov fight. Shout out Alistair Overy, man. He got his ass kicked, uh, but Happens to the best of us, man. Uh, guy will forever be a legend, um, and uh, and uh, you know, whenever that time does come for him to hang it up, that'll be an easy, um, an easy choice for j- multiple, probably fight Hall of Fames in uh, in the ring. So, um, yeah, shout out both those guys. Great main event, a dominant main event, but it, it was definitely worth uh, worth your time. The the most talked about fight of the fucking. I don't want to say the year so far because Connor's fight, but man, you—I can't tell you how many people, non-fight fans, just were like, "Did you see the? Oh, I saw like we—we we know what happened in the in the co-main, but Corey Sanhagen, flying knee knockout, twenty-eight seconds over Frankie Edgar, one of the wildest, fucking craziest shits you're gonna see. The, I mean the. He was out. The, the fall Frankie had, I mean, unconscious on the way to the ground. Sanhagen knew it. This was the Corey Sanhagen, uh, you know, I thought we might see against uh, Algermaine Sterling. Obviously, we did not. But is there any, I mean, there, you, you can't get a more impressive win than what he did, right? I mean, I know it's a flash knockout and I guess going to war for five rounds and coming out super impressive, but, dude. If you'd have told me Sanhagen by knockout in the first round, I don't think I, I don't think I'd have believed you.
1: Yeah, yeah, dude, flawless victory by Corey Sandhagen, ultra impressive, especially over a just absolute legend like Frankie Edgar, a guy who with, I mean, Edgar has more heart than most fighters like ever have in history. The, the dude just, you know, up in most of his career had an iron chin. Or or at the very least, he could, you know, get dropped and then recover and, and continue to fight stuff like that. Like, so to see what Sandhagen did to him is very, very impressive. Um, and it ha- he has to get the next title shot. He has to fight the winner. Of Aljamain Sterling versus Piotr Jan. That there there's no other option. San Hagen does he deserves it, especially coming off that performance and uh the performance before where he spitting head kick KO'd Marlon Marias like I mean that's there's and, and these are the best guys in the division that he's doing this to outside of the people fighting for the title, which you know, of course is Jan and Sterling. So if Sterling beats Jan, that's an intriguing rematch because Sterling just completely walked through san hagen when they fought just wrapped him up in that rear naked choke like it was nothing uh and if yawn retains over sterling and you know we get yawn versus san hagen that's another fresh matchup and, and just another example similar to yawn versus sterling like san hagen versus yawn or, or you know a rematch between sterling and yawn it's uh it's really really cool to see because this is really the next generation of the bantamweight division and these are all super, super high level fighters that are dangerous on the feet, that are dangerous on the ground, that are doing, you know, new innovative stuff. I mean, that, that knee that he landed on Edgar, that was like, it was masterful how he, because, so like, I see there's a lot of people that are comparing the Sandhagen knockout to like the Masvidal knockout on Askren uh and you know the i think for the moment and what it was the mosvidal over askin thing was was bigger because you know of of what it did for mosvidal's career and and askrin being undefeated and all this stuff but that was just like a you know it was calculated but like askrin you know dipped his head down and was going for a takedown and mosvidal you know like saw it coming from a mile away and just just ran and jumped and nailed him. Sanhagen was like standing there in the pocket with Edgar. Like they're, they're like, you know, positioning for like, you know, feeling each other out, you know, boxing around and stuff. And Sanhagen had to just make the perfect move to get Edgar into that position. And just the way that he jumped and kind of like pivoted mid-air and landed that knee just perfectly on Edgar's chin. And the way that Edgar just stiffened up like a board and just fell face down. I mean, that was, it, I, I see it as a totally different thing than what Masvidal did. It was a flying knee, but like, to you know, it's just, it's like it, it was a totally different. I mean, what Sanhagen did was super, super, super impressive. The way that he was able to to maneuver the way that he was and get and get Edgar into the position and just land that knee just flush the way that he did was, yeah. I mean, what more can you say? That that guy for sure deserves a title shot.
0: Not about it. Uh, again, performance of the night Uh, winner right there for, for Corey Sanhagen coming off um, that knockout or TKO, I should say of Marlon Marais back in October, Uh, back-to-back performances like no other. Uh, I'm with you, man. I, I have, I mean, not much else to add on that. You're right. Sanhagen said it himself. He showed it with his, his action and and the way he put, uh, you know, Frankie Edgar, someone I respect so much down like he did. Um, I can't. I just. I can't wait to see again what Corey looks like next. We we've from Marlin to to this past weekend to the next one. Uh, Corey Sanhagen would be on that list of guys I don't really want to come across these next uh, this next year or two because he he is going to be on a one. Uh, let's talk about Frankie for a second. You know, you mentioned last week about uh, we both did, but you did a great job talking about. I mean, these losses here for Frankie. I mean, the guy you know fights wherever when ever weight, ever weight class. Uh, he's an absolute fucking just bam. Uh, uh, and I'm not talking about Cowboy Cerrone right now, but, um, that level of just like, I'll, I, I'm here to fight. So what does this loss, I mean, uh, you know, he's, he's what 39 now, Frankie, he'll be 40 in October of this year. Um, a lot of miles on that guy. What, uh, what does the future hold? Do you think for for Frankie moving on after this?
1: It's it's tough to say because you know I think that I think he's still a good fighter. It's just we haven't. He's definitely declining, you know that's for sure. But it's it's like to lose to Sanhagen is. Like, there's no shame in that, obviously. But to be knocked out in 30 seconds, that's a little concerning. Especially because, you know, two fights ago, he got stopped in the first round by a Korean zombie. Which, once again, like, it's Korean zombie. Like, there's no shame in, in losing to Korean zombie. But, you know, Edgar wasn't getting stopped in the first round, you know, before in his career. And that's where I start to get concerned is, like, is can his chin... P- possibly you know continue to hold up in a way where like you know i just don't want it to get to a point where like his chin's gone and then like it's really it gets kind of scary to watch but Mm -hmm. yeah but but then it's also like he goes you know five rounds hard with pedro munoz and you know gets that win you know beats cub swanson you know tough decision win uh you know, he knocked out Yair, which, like, everyone forgets about. I mean, it's like, he, so it's one of those things where, like, I just really don't know, like, it, it, you know, if Sanhagen lands that knee on anybody, is everybody out cold? Probably. Yes. You know? Great question. You know? So, like, if, if Korean Zombie cracks you like that in, in front of his home crowd in, in South Korea, you know, like like, does everybody fold? You know? It's like, it, what I really want to see next from Edgar and really what I want to see going forward, at least for the next few fights of his, if he's going to stick around for a little while, uh, that, there's a really interesting fight happening in the Bantamweight division soon, where uh, I think it's happening at UFC 259, where we're going to have Dominic Cruz versus Casey Kenny. And Casey Kenney is one of the younger hungry you know up-and-coming guys he's been around for a minute but like he's really trying to make a bigger a much bigger name for himself by beating Dominic Cruz but if Dominic Cruz can win it proves he's like still you know very much in the mix and you know the top 15 top 10 potentially um but I really want to see Edgar versus Cruz like something like that like two almost like we're seeing I think I think that Edgar and Cruz are still at a higher level than the people I'm going to mention. But it's similar to, like, we just saw Cowboy Cerrone and Diego Sanchez are, are matched up to fight each other. So it's like, that makes sense. You know, both guys are in, like, the same spot in their career. I feel kind of the same way about Edgar and Cruz. Like, they're a little bit closer to the title mix than Cerrone and Sanchez are, in my mm-hmm. opinion. But... But it's a it's a similar scenario. Like both guys are kind of in the same spot, if that makes sense. Like something like that, like maybe even do Edgar and Aldo again, even though they fought twice already. Like, I mean, maybe you do a third one, even though Aldo won the first two. Like, I mean, some stuff like that is what I want to see from Frankie Edgar uh, the next few fights. I don't want to see him out there against like these young, you know, up and coming title challenge level guys who are like just these next level athletes who are just gonna keep doing this kind of stuff to them, you know?
0: No, yeah, you, you said it, man. Maybe this this Corey Sandhagen, like that, that I, I don't know if anyone would have beat him that night, especially if he lands that knee. So that's a that's a great point to make. Um I know Frankie, no matter what happens, the guy's already got a legacy. No doubt UFC Hall of Famer, the you know the fights with um with fucking Gray Maynard, or will go down as some of those, you know. Just I remember where I was for those. Of course, the the man that beat BJ Penn, right? I, you know, I remember when he beat BJ for that title. Uh, so many people were like, "Oh, BJ is gonna, you know, he's gonna light this dude up, this and that." And then um, unanimous decision, just dominant by Frankie Edgar. So no matter what happens, uh, I, I I'm just uh, unbelievably uh, fired up for like just the career that Frankie's had because he's a guy again that overlooked um but always a fighter so no matter what happens that guy's got a legacy that all of us would be would proud to look back on
1: yeah and and i think that you know something that i just want to mention is a lot of this kind of down if you want to call it a downfall for edgar which i'm which i'm not but you know what i mean like the recent uh, right kind of getting stopped early and stuff I think a lot of it goes back to that knockout loss he had to Brian Ortega. Like, I think that changed him a little bit because, you know, Ortega stopped him in the first round. And then since then he's been stopped in the first round, you know, two more times since we're like, that just was not happening to him. Pre Ortega.
0: No. Yeah. and I, that shocked me. I, I, that Ortega knockout was gross. Um, that, that's something to look back on, man. Maybe we, uh, Maybe Frankie takes a little time uh, and comes back. But, uh, but, again, no matter what, um, whatever Frankie does, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be keeping up and, and watching that one because that's a, that's a guy I always, always enjoy rooting for. But the big story out of this fight, no doubt, Corey Sanhagen saying, uh, you know, taking that, the, that disappointing, to say the very least, loss to Aljo and just says, hey – you know, there's this one now. Like I'm, this is who I am now. Fuck that. Let's let's get at it. So very excited for Corey Sanhagen, bro. Um, moving on to uh, to a fight we we both were, were talking about a little bit last week. Clay Guida, Michael Johnson, and, and the carpenter, bro, getting it done. Unanimous decision, thirty twenty seven across the board. A great win for Clay Guida, man.
1: Dude, Clay Guida out there still doing it. Looked good. Uh, his cardio. That's one thing he's always going to have. I mean, I say always. I I guess that could change the older he gets. But, you know, he's been around a long time, and his gas tank is still on full at all times. I was going to say,
0: 56 fights (laughs) at the age of 39, and that's what he's looking like.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's unreal. I mean, like, he's already in the UFC Hall of Fame for his fight with Diego Sanchez. Like, they're in the fight wing. So, I mean... You know, Guida is going to be a guy I was actually talking to my brother about this uh, on Saturday. We were watching the fights because we were actually talking about the Diego Sanchez and Cowboy Cerrone matchup a little bit. And I was talking about Clay Guida in the same way that I was talking about Diego Sanchez and Cowboy and those kind of guys where they're real. What what people will really remember them for, like none of these guys on merit. Well, Cowboy's a little bit different of a story because of, like, his, like, wins record and, like, finishes and all. Like, he has, like, a lot of UFC records. And if he doesn't have the record, he's, like, really, really close in a lot of those categories, too. So he's a little bit of a different story. But, like, Clay Guida and Diego Sanchez, for instance, I don't think would be ufc hall of famers because they don't have like the ufc championship and that kind of stuff they have a lot of popularity and like they could still arguably be ufc hall of fame level guys like i I wouldn't argue against them but my point is they're gonna be what they're gonna be remembered as is these fighters who had all these incredible fights and because of that they are still gonna be in the ufc hall of fame like Even if Clay Guida doesn't get, you know, inducted individually into the UFC Hall of Fame, like, hey, here's Clay Guida. He's in as Clay Guida for himself alone. He might not ever get that. But what he is going to have and what people are going to remember him by and what I think is just as important is he's going to be like a five time UFC Hall of Famer because they're going to throughout history. They're going to keep going back to these amazing fights that guida's had with these with these people throughout his career same thing with like diego sanchez he's gonna have a bunch of these fights like diego sanchez gilbert melendez at some point i'm sure will be in the ufc hall of fame he's already in there against guida stuff like that Where like you know what i'm saying like there's gonna be some of these guys who are just gonna have like they're gonna be like five time ufc hall of famers you know a century from now and it doesn't really even matter that they weren't in like as like a you know, on their own, like, because what they did in the octagon was, was so much fun to watch. Like everyone's still going to always remember them because of that.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it, man. It's, it's, there's layers to this. There's layers to that, that career of, of Clay Guida. And yeah, the, the fight with Diego, I mean, that's one, it's like you said, it's already in the hall of fame, but that's to this day, it's, it's talked about, I think of all the fights and all the UFC, and that's one that still it just resonated with so many people, especially you know our age or older than us that were into it at that time. Like that fight just really stuck with you. Um, it, it, yeah, it's it's just it, it's an interesting thing to look forward to because Clay's one of those guys that he's he's always gonna have you know a great fan base. He's always gonna. Um, I'm not going to go as far as say he's a draw, but he's a little bit of a draw just off name alone. And then, uh, you know, you let off with it. That cardio, as long as he's got that cardio, as long as that cardio is there, Clay Guida could be in a fight with just about anybody, I guess, minus that top, 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 tippy, top tier, which, uh, you know, th- how often can we say that about somebody, uh, you know, inching this close to 40?
1: Yeah, and and to be fair, like, Like, I wouldn't obviously I wouldn't pick him against like the tippy top right level people. But with his cardio, he's always he always has a chance because there's always the chance that whoever he's in the ring with or the cage with that they at some point get into like if they can't finish Clay Guida. And no, it doesn't matter how bad they kick his at like it's similar to when I did amateur wrestling in high school. I was not a good wrestler. Like I started in high school. I wrestled in an area where most of the kids, most of the kids that I wrestled in high school, like they had been doing it since they were, you know, five, six years old. I was getting in when I was like 14, 15 or whatever. Like I had a I had a really late start in comparison to people I was wrestling. And the the biggest thing that I had was my coach was a drill sergeant. Like this guy had us in just insanely good shape. So I knew like, and I didn't always, I mean, I won, I'm sorry. I lost way more often than I won, but there were some big wins that I was able to pull off 100% because I just had more gas than the other guy did. Like I would get in the, go in there and get my ass kicked the first two rounds of, of the, of a three round. Uh, but if third round comes around, the dude can't, he's huffing and can't keep his hands up or, or, or you just stay in balance. And it's like, I'm still good to go. Like, I can just take this guy down now. Like, he's done. You know, like, there's... And that's what Clay Guida will always have. He will always have that ability. Um, so, it always makes it interesting to watch his fights. And it's always funny to watch after the fights how he's just running laps in the octagon and bouncing around. And, like, he's showing everybody that even though he just finished a fight, he's still ready to keep going. Which... I think also I don't think it like sways the judges opinions or anything like that, but I think it's something that the judges do pay attention to, at least subconsciously. You know, if you just saw, you know, yeah, like if you just saw a guy never tired and then you look over at the other guy and like another guy looked impressive, but like he's, you know huffing air on the bench and getting you know getting worked on and guida's you know doing jumping jacks in the corner and like (laughs) air boxing it's like wait okay like who's really winning the fight you know
0: yeah no how many times have we seen a really close fight and you know one of the fighters maybe kind of looking tired maybe a little defeated and the coach is like you know throw those hands up you know this is until that, that card, uh, until it's, you know, Bruce Buffer, whoever, announces it, like, these judges are taking everything in. So that's a great point, man. And a close fight, if Clay looks strong late and he's still running around the ring after the fucking bell, I mean, that's, that's going to play with you a little bit. I mean, ha- you have to, you know, at least think about that. So uh, great, great fucking point there, man. Again, shout out Clay Guida. Unanimous decision win over Michael Johnson, uh, that, that was a hell of a fight, man. Uh, again, a good performance by Clay. Clay. The fight of the night, though, and this was one we both were excited about. In the lightweight division, Benil Dariush defeated Carlos Diego Ferreira. Split decision, 29-28, 28-29, 29-28. The win goes, of course, to Dariush. Uh Also said it again, fight of the night, 50,000 to both of these, uh, these combatants. Uh, good shit right here, man, with Darius just doing enough.
1: Yeah, I mean, really good fight. Really close. I got no problem with uh, with the judges, you know, with it being split and all that stuff. And, you know, Dariush was ranked 13th coming into this fight in the lightweight division, which is a stacked, super mega, ultra stacked division and always has been and will continue to be. Um, so this was a huge win. I mean, I, I really don't know what else to say other than it was very close and... Uh, I think the right person won. Like I think Dariush deserved that victory and he got it and you can and it won't you know, you can't take anything away from Ferrero. Like he'll he'll be back, he'll get another another fight in the top fifteen and you know, so just good stuff. Just you know, really, really close fight could have won either way. And Dariush, you know, continues to be, you know, locked in there. Uh Ferrero was actually ranked ten going into that fight. I friday he was ranked higher than uh than Dariush was, so I mean, Darius could be—we could be looking at him in the top 10 of the division. And then uh, Ferreira, you know, like I said, he'll continue to fight top 15 guys for sure. So, I mean, yeah, really, really big win for Darius. But, but both guys look, look good out there, you know?
0: Yeah, I'm sure he felt—it was a tough fight to lose for Ferreira being that close. But um, from the fans—from my side, from a fan's perspective— no real losers here for me, man. That was a great shit. Uh, Dariush makes it six in a row now, uh, and this was the first time um, he's been to decision since 2018. You know, that's a lot of a lot of finishes up until this one. So uh, both dudes super tough. That puts Benil at 24 and one now record. 31 years old, still uh, he's he's a fighter. We both talked about. It's just something about him. Um, do you see like I know. It, it's it's always just hypothetical. But is it crazy to think Benil Dariush and other... If he can make this six-fight win streak, maybe an eight or nine, meaning we're hovering around ten fights in a row, that's got to be at least title contention, right?
1: Yeah, it's the only unfortunate thing for him is, like, it's just so stacked towards the top. Yeah. Um, it's going to be hard for him to, like, break through into that.
0: Unless he can get that big fight and he's able to do that, right? I mean, if he gets a... A top three, uh, you know, and a top three fight, and he and he finishes it or wins it at all. I mean, he's going to have to have one of those for sure. Because I mean, no offense to to any of these fighters he, he's beat recently, but you know, finishing uh, Scotty Holtzman, you know, isn't going to get you the title. No offense to Scotty, who is awesome. I hate that I shit on him because he's one of mine. He's a Tennessee guy, but um, my point being, what you were saying, Stephen you you got to have you got to have a couple of those. Big, big name wins, especially in this division.
1: Yeah, and and he saw his opportunity to do that. Um, you know, it's just if if Habib's not there, and I just I hate how Habib's still. You know, technically he's the champion, and like I don't know why they don't just let him retire and figure this out with the belt. But you know, everyone in the top six—Poirier, Gaethje, Oliveira, Chandler, Ferguson, McGregor—they're all going to be tied up with each other for a each minute. Other, I think. Yeah. Um, but I could see Dariush against an RDA or a Dan Hooker potentially. Um, oh, wow. Or, you know,
0: Dariush, Hooker, bro. Let's go.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that'd be the best one right there. Dariush and Hooker. Like if Dariush can get a win over Hooker, we've seen what it could do for Michael Chandler. And, uh, you know, if Hooker can beat Dariush, he, he cements himself and proves he's still definitely in the top 10 so and that's the thing too if Darius can beat Dan Hooker then we're really talking about him versus one of those six guys I was just talking about and those are all um at the very least quote-unquote money fights for Darius like if he gets in the octagon with like Justin Gaethje you know like he's gonna have more eyes on him than he ever has before and it'll be a big heavily promoted fight probably a main event of like a ESPN plus show or something like that or or like a featured fight on a pay per view or something. So like that's that's going to be like the key to him really breaking through is if he can beat like a Dan Hooker
0: mm-hmm. uh, level guy next, yeah. Especially in that setting. I mean, when the lights are that big, you know, you you learn a lot about yourself, and and of course the the matchmakers learn a lot about you. So if he could be in a spot like that and get the job done, it'd um, go a long way. So yeah, Dare you six win in a row now. Uh, Moving right along here, Uh, of course, we're going to finish with the main card. Talk a little bit the prelim, uh, and then uh, and then preview a little bit of of UFC. Excuse me, of UFC 258 this weekend. Headline, of course, Usman versus Burns. But um, let's finish this one out real quick. We've got the last couple of main card fights. Alexander Pantoja defeated Manel Cape. This was one you were kind of talking about. Uh, Pantoja gets the decision uh, scorecards were 29 28 29 28 30 27 um what uh what was your thought when you you know you see these cards like this you got two judges saying it's a one round and then the other has a, a unanimous for pantoja
1: i mean you just never know what the with the judges um, there's always one yeah but i mean luckily these all did go for pantoja with it being unanimous decision so at least i mean I th- th- it's going to be interesting with Pantoja cuz he came into this ranked I think like fourth in the in the division um fifth in the, in the division so he was ranked number 5 so this was uh this is going to get really interesting cuz you got and Figueredo who is looking incredible it looks he's got a rematch Brandon Marino with them having that draw like that has to be next um Benavides is going to be out of that mix for a minute cuz uh, you know, he has the two losses to Fig. So, I mean, you really only have... Alex Perez is coming off a loss. I would say, like, Pantozer and uh, Askarov probably up next. Um, You know, this is a th- really high-level fighter and, and really, I mean, one-sided. Uh, beat Cape, no problem. I mean, that was... I shouldn't say no problem, but, you know, definitely won the fight. Even if he lost one of the rounds, I, like, he definitely won that fight. So... Um. So yeah, big win for Pantoja. He keeps it rolling, and I think he had lost his fight. Oh, that's right. He lost to Askarov in his last one. That's say, right. Yeah, he
0: lost to Ask. Yeah. Yep.
1: That's right. So maybe and he lost to Fig. I forgot that he fought Fig. That's right. Um, that was he's,
0: a fight of the night though. Like that's I always look back on that loss. He lost to Fig, but it was a fight of the night. You know, that's that was a good fight.
1: It was, and and Fig looked really really good in that one too. Man. That's tough. That's a tough spot to be in for Pantoja cuz he's actually going to probably fight more guys that are ranked below him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And oh, I mean maybe you do him and Benavides. Like actually that probably makes perfect sense cuz both of them are kind of in the same spot with losses to like the people ranked ahead of them. So, maybe that's what you do. Maybe you do Pantoja versus Benavides. Why you let uh you know Marino and uh Fig
0: play out a second time? Yeah, I'd watch. I mean, again, this is – it's it's that weird spot at the end of the fight game, right, when you, you're saying, that uh, you know, put some wins together. Um, but it, when you get it log jam and you've already fought and lost this and that, and it's a weird spot to be in, like you said. But uh guy is so talented, a uh, great win. Um, I'd, I'd be interested to, if he hadn't just lost, you know – to ask her off, I'd say I'd be interested in that. Uh, and that is a rematch, but shit, that was July. That was a few months ago, man. So that doesn't really make any sense now. It'll be really interesting to see uh, who he does get matched up with next. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, why
1: not Benavidez? That's what I'm going to go with for him. Fuck it. I mean, yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, like you said, it works. It, it seems to make sense for both fighters. And whenever, I mean, if it makes that much sense, why not, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And Benavidez, I mean, If I was Benavides, I I would probably just retire. To be honest, like like I I don't know what else he's like really trying to prove, but maybe he really 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 believes he can be the UFC champion before he retires. Like that's all I can really think of is why he's still because he can still fight at a high level. It's just you know it's gonna he's he's had a lot of opportunities for that title and just he just hasn't done it. You know. No.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. 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 Uh, shout out to Alexander Pantoja. The last fight on our main card, the, the fight that opened up the show, uh, at least in the main card, uh, Danilo Marquez defeated Mike Rodriguez, submission via rear naked choke in the second round. This was the only, uh, no, this was uh, one of three fights on this this card that. Someone without a Wikipedia page beat someone with one. I'm all, I'm going to be going back to that. Will that wheelhouse the, the whole time we do this show, man. Um, how did you feel about this one uh, from Marquez over Rodriguez?
1: I mean, it was really well done. Literally put him to sleep. That's why, you know, technical submission, like just choked, choked him out cold. Uh, so, you know, brutal, brutal choke win. I think that made uh, Marquez, he was on a little run coming into this, uh, into this show. Uh he had been fighting at GCF uh so that's combat fighting. Uh so he had two wins there, one his UFC debut on the Adesanya versus Costa Card, and then this. So I mean four in a row. And I mean that's I mean that's what you want. I mean you want to go in there and get uh you know, go in there and get these kind of wins and you know, job job done, mission accomplished nasty submission and uh you know it's always it's one of those things where like you know when you see people get choked out i don't it always looks vicious but like it's probably a better way of going out than getting like knocked out for instance you know just kind of like you wake up and everything's cool you know (laughs) versus like
0: brain damage
1: (laughs) so yeah (laughs) um so, you know, as brutal as it was, I'm sure Mike Rodriguez was, was just fine afterwards. So, uh,
0: yeah, big win for Marquez. Looked good. Good stuff, man. On the main card, uh, on, the, on the prelim card, was there anything that really jumped out to you? We had uh, a lot of decisions. The only two finishes came in the featherweight division with, I don't know if it's Odie or Ode, Odie Osborne over Jerome Rivera, uh, which opened the whole show the very first fight of the night, and then the quote-unquote main event of the prelim card, Devontae Smith defeated Justin James in the, at a catchweight of 160 pounds. It was a doctor stoppage, TKO, in the second round. Um, and then, like I said, we had, what, four decisions in between those. Uh, Tamir Balabwin, uh, you know Molly McCann uh, with the loss. I know she left her gloves in there, and people were thinking maybe she was retiring, and then she said, you know, that was for her father she she's gonna keep fighting so um some some stories coming out of this prelims but anything that really uh you know you really remember being like I gotta I gotta bring that up on the show
1: um honestly I mean, is was good to see Deont- uh, Devontae Smith get a win because he had lost to Kamal Worthy in a fight that was pretty important uh, at UFC 241. And I mean important from the stance that, like, both guys in the same spot, like, someone's going to jump ahead, someone's going to get left behind, and Worthy got the win in that one. So, you know, Smith bounces back. You can see the doctor stoppage over Justin James. So that's what I'd highlight, you know, uh, John Devontae Smith back in the— uh, Back in the, the winner's bracket, and I don't know why it was a catch-weight fight. I don't know who missed weight there, but um, hopefully it wasn't Devontae Smith. But good win.
0: No, yeah, really good win. like I said, uh, the, the one of two stoppages on that, that prelim card. And, uh, and man, the MMA crowd loves a good stoppage. So, yeah, big stuff for Devontae Smith. This is a fun card, man. We, we were both saying this could be one a lot of people were overlooking. And and sure enough, we've come out. We've got a great fight with Dariush, Volkov looking great of the knockout. An early contender for one of those knockout of the years we're going to be seeing in December. Uh, that Sandhagen knee. Um, of course, anytime Clay Guida gets a win, that's, that's going to get the MMA community pretty fired up. So all in all, man, a, a very, very well put together, awesome uh, fight card. Yeah. yeah
1: um, and real quick, just, just for the record, I did see that uh, nobody missed weight in that Devontae Smith and Justin oh. James fight. It was that uh, Devontae Smith had a, a an opponent change last minute and they just made it a catchweight of 160. So just wanted to throw that out there because, okay. you know, just wanted to make because, you know. We, we like to put people on blast who, who miss weight <laughs> yeah. a lot. So Devontae Smith is not one of those people, and neither is Justin James. Just want to throw that out there.
0: No, good stuff, man. Yeah, that's that's always good to point that out. Shout out both those guys <laughs> for, for fighting in weird circumstances, anything like that. We love fighters here. Um, moving on now, let's talk a little bit about UFC 258 live this Saturday, February 13th from the Apex in Las Vegas. Of course, our main event, Kamaru Usman deb- defending the welterweight title against Gilbert Burns. We've got Kelvin Gaslam, Ian Heinisch on this card. Pedro Munoz, we just talked about a little bit ago. Uh, you know, he's fighting Jimmy Rivera, prelim card. We've got Yancey Medeiros, Jim Miller, uh, early prelim. This one kind of jumps out to me. Ricky Simone, who just fought, uh, fighting Brian Kelleher some interesting fights on this one man but before we even dive into it this kind of this is a good card to point out and say with those prices going up with with people having to pay more for the ufc pay-per-views you know to a, a serious fight fan like us there's some stuff that jumps off the page um but i'll be honest man I, you know that prelim card kind of does a little more for me than the main card
1: yeah that's kind of strange but i mean like I see why. I mean, Bobby Green, Jim Miller is an awesome fight. Um, Balil Muhammad, Di- Diego Lima is a great fight. P- Pollyanna uh, Viana versus Mallory Martin could be good. Uh, Ricky Simon, Brian Callagher is going to be a banger. That could have been on any any part of this show. So I'm with you, man. Like, to be honest, the prelims actually look better. I mean, if you don't count Usman Burns, obviously, that's by far the best fight on this whole show. Yes. But um, but yeah, I'm with you. I see what you're saying.
0: No, yeah, definitely shout out. Uh, shout out the prelims on this one, man. Uh, the early prelims on ESPN Plus. That prelim card, which will be capped off. It's actually Bobby Green had to pull out of that fight. I think you said Bobby he has an elbow injury. It's actually Jim Miller, Yancey Medeiros is the uh, the main event of the prelim card now. Um, oh, wow. Okay, yeah, I yeah. I just saw this Bobby uh, elbow injury. Yancey's in. You've got Bilal Muhammad and Diego Lima. It's a badass prelim card, but like you said, the fight of the night, the one that we, you know, is going to get the most pub, the, the biggest fight um, top to, on this, you know, top to bottom is, of course, the title fight, but just the, the story, how, you know, everything going in between these two, Kamaru Usman, Gilbert Burns, it's finally happening, welterweight title on the line. Uh, how do you see this one unfolding, bro?
1: Oh hold on. I'm just reading it was actually it is Bobby Green and Jim Miller. there were there was a, a earlier pairing where they switched out oh, for Madero. so they' okay.
0: back on for that one,
1: yeah, so so yeah, we do we do have uh, Bobby Green and Jim Miller on here, so just wanted
0: oh, fuck man I mean, that's a dope fight, but now I, I was all excited to see Yancey fight
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but we were just asking about the main event what what I thought about that? yeah, 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 absolutely. um. This is a... I mean, it's a really, really, really good matchup. I mean, both guys trained together. This is going to be... uh, This is a... It's kind of a pick'em fight, I feel like. You know, I think that Usman has absolutely earned his spot as the welterweight champion. The way he's dominated everybody up to this point has been very impressive. It reminds me kind of like GSP with his second title reign. Or, yeah, his second title reign. Where... You know, a lot of quote unquote lay in prey, but like really, really smart and, and how he's a you know how he's a strategized and um I don't take anything away from Usman. I think he's fighting very smart. And then you also can look at his fight with Colby Covington where they pretty much just stood and, and punched each other yeah, in the face dude. for five rounds. And I think that was really more to prove a point for both guys. But it was respectable because like the two of them had a ton of heat going into the fight and they settled it like that, you know, like they threw down, they went out and tried to punch each other in the face instead of wrestle each other, which, you know, I respect because they were both down to, to try to do that. Um, Whereas you had like Woodley and Covington, for instance, and they talked a whole bunch of trash and then Woodley just had nothing for Covington and Covington just destroyed him. So anyways, um, as far as this one, Usman and Burns, Burns is looking real good lately. Uh, let me pull up his record because his last one was the win over Woodley. I know for sure. Um, yes, yeah, so we got Woodley. Then we had before that Damian my Gunner Nelson, and three before that. So he's riding a six-fight win streak. I mean, he's looking really. And those damn last impressive.
0: three. I'm sorry to cut you off, but those last three have been so impressive.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, totally, totally on the money. Um. Yeah, this is a tough one because. I think Gilbert Burns has the skill set and the explosiveness and the strength and obviously the knowledge of what Usman does. Now, I don't know in the in the gym what it really looks like on a daily basis. Like, for all I know, they go in there and Usman and Burns, you know, they they train together and Usman takes them down, uh, you know, pretty at will or or, or maybe it gets the bad be- maybe one gets the best of the other in, in training more often you know and we just don't really know because we're not privy to you know being there and seeing right. it yep. but from what i've heard they apparently go like hard as hell against each other in training like there's been like reports and stuff that have come out about them talking about you know just basically people are are getting to see you know uh, it, it sounds like it's very evenly matched from what I've from what I've heard and what's out there. So I'm intrigued by the fight. I think it's a really awesome matchup. Um, I love that they're that they do train together and they're willing to fight each other because it's literally just about wanting to be the best in the world. And it's no disrespect, and they're going to continue to train with each other afterwards. And you know, it, it's been very cordial. So, um, so yeah, I like I like the matchup a lot and it's really hard for me to pick against Usman because of how dominant he's been, but I am taking Gilbert Burns. Like he's, you know, he, his, his list of, of accomplishments is not as, is not as impressive as Usman. The guys that Burns has beaten have been impressive, but not at the level of Usman. But it's also because Burns really hasn't had a chance to fight those upper level guys yet. Like the closest he's had to that, you know, in recent years would be, um, he lost to Dan hooker, but mm-hmm. both guys, both guys are in totally different spots in their careers now. You know, three years later. So, you know, I think Burns is just kind of putting it all together right now, and and I think he has that unique perspective of of training with Usman and kind of knowing what to expect. And um, I'm going to take Burns, but it's it's a it's a really hard one to to call. Who do you think wins this one?
0: I I'm going Usman only because of 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 what you kind of just said there at the end that the um he's been doing this against this top notch you know a little more recently I mean again no offense I've been so impressed I think in our end our year-end award thing we did um you know Gilbert Burns the rise of Gilbert Burns was one of my awards I gave out for for 2020 because it felt like you know, you know, you'd heard about Gilbert Burns, but then it just felt like a fight or two. And now we're like, holy shit, this this is the guy. Um, so I love the story. I love the fight. But I'm going for Usman only because it's actually because of the Colby fight more than anything. Only because um, what would be interesting to me about this fight is everything you laid out to begin with, uh, the training and how they know each other. So um, I know Kamaru's been there with Colby when we know the lead up to that and mentally where he was at. Uh, and he came out, of course, with the dub there in a phenomenal fight. So, for that reason, really alone, I'm going Usman. But uh, the the closer we get, it's like you said, I I I feel like I feel like a lot of people are gonna be maybe expecting Usman to win. Maybe not the diehards, but kind of more, you know, fans in passing might say, oh well, you know, we we saw Usman beat the of Colby. He he just beat the BMF fucking guy or whatever back in July um so they may oh it's you know it's he's gonna win but this feels very much like i would not be shocked if this is if it really is like a super duper close to the judges kind of fight
1: it very well could be and and i think the the biggest advantage burns is going to have is going to be standing because i think Usman throws like his boxing is is okay but I think Burns has a lot more power. Like, I think Burns has the potential to stop Usman. I don't see Usman stopping Burns on the feet. I just I just don't see it happening. Um, now, on the ground, maybe, you know, maybe, like, there's ground and pound and, and that kind of stuff. And maybe, you know, some submissions, stuff like that. But I think Burns is really damn good on the ground, too. Like, I think it's going to be really interesting. And I think we're going to find out really early. If Usman can get an early takedown, he's going to be okay, and I think he'll win the fight. Like, if Usman's able to get a takedown within the first couple minutes um, and it looks relatively easy to get Burns to the ground and he doesn't really—and Burns isn't able to, like, get him into danger off of his back, then I think Usman uh, will probably wind up getting a decision. But if Burns can stuff— early takedowns, or if he's on the ground and starts, you know, working submission attempts and Usman's uncomfortable and like wants it back on the feet and stuff, that's when it gets really, really interesting. Because I don't think that Usman wants to like just stand in the pocket and just trade power shots with Burns. I I think it's going to be more, I think, I'm assuming that we're going to see more of a uh, kind of a grappling match between the two. So that's just kind of like my, kind of my guess of how it'll play out.
0: And that's and what's so interesting or one of the things that's really interesting about this fight is, you know, we're over here kind of what could happen. And and these two know each other so well. It's 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 so different than a, you know, a, a kind of the Covington fight. Again, I keep bringing it up because it's it's you know, it's so fresh in the mind still all the buildup, the hate this, that and the other. This is the opposite of that. Right. I mean, these two respect the shit of each other. They know each other very well. Um, it, it's it brings a different kind of dynamic that I really don't know what to expect. They know each other so well. Do we get grappling? Do they say fuck it and they and they stand and bang? I don't think that's a great idea, like you're saying with how Burns has looked. But uh, it really has that question of like, what's going to happen? I have no idea.
1: Yeah, yeah. It really it really adds another layer of uh, dynamics to the to the whole matchup with how how well they do know each other and kind of the because so, I think someone's going to probably have a slight mental advantage over the other, like, because one's going to kind of know, you know, mm-hmm. you know what goes on in the gym, you know, and, and it might be for, it, it might be even, it might be, you know, they're standing there and, and Burns knows, yeah, know, Usman can take me down a lot in the gym, but like I submit him a lot on the ground though. You know what I mean? Like, so Usman's kind of thinking the same thing. Like, you know, there's, I think they're both going to really know, I think they're both going to come into the fight knowing what to expect from the other, and it's going to be a real chess match to see who comes out on top.
0: No no doubt about it, man. This is one a lot, a lot to watch in the main event when Usman and Burns lock up for that title. Um, we're, we're split on this one. Jensen's saying, and and new, I'm leaning towards and still, but we both agree this very well could be one of those fight of the year candidates just because of. The dynamics going in. Uh co-main event action. It looks like women's flyweight action, Macy Barber, Alexa Grosso, and then we've also got uh middleweight action, Kelvin gastelum and Ian Heinish. Uh, what about these matchups really sticks out to you?
1: Well, so first of all, the co-main was supposed to be Chris weidman versus right. yep. Uriah Hall. And you know, that was a decent fight. Um and that got moved because of COVID. That's going to be taking place later. I'm just going to be brutally honest. Macy Barber versus Alexa Grosso is a weak-ass co-main event for a pay-per-view. Especially when we're talking, like you said earlier, like 70 something dollars for the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Um, UFC 259, you know, the next pay-per-view after is going to have two title fights. UFC 260, uh, oh, sorry, that's UFC 259 is going to have three title fights. UFC 260 is going to have two title fights, these super stacked cards. And, um, yeah, I mean, Macy Barber versus Alexa Grosso. We're talking about Alexa Grosso, who, you know, can't get a streak together. It's, you know, loss, win, loss, win. You know, it's, like, just back and forth against good fighters. I mean, she's constantly fighting good fighters. But, and she's a good fighter herself. But it's, like, not co-main event on a pay-per-view. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. And then same with Macy Barber, like, she recently lost to Roxanne Modafferi, who I have all the respect in the world for. I, I talk about her all the time. How impressed I am that Roxy's had the career she has with like her limited, like athleticism. Like it's really, really, really impressive to see somebody work so damn hard. And be, it's you know, I I would compare her to anybody who watches independent wrestling. I'd compare Roxanne Modafferi to like Cole Radrick. Like it's people who like you look at and you're like. You don't think that, like, if I saw Cole Radrick, I wouldn't think he's a professional wrestler. And then you see him wrestle, and then you see him wrestle a second time and a third time. And by the time you've seen him, like, you know, over and over again, next thing you know, he's in Game Changer Wrestling, just having bangers against everybody. And his it's because hard work and talent and heart, like that's what those kind of people are about. I have all the respect in the world for someone like Roxanne Moutafiri and what she's been able to accomplish, but Roxanne Moutafiri. Like you're losing to Roxanne Moda and your next fight is a, is a pay-per-view co-main event. You know what I'm saying, Moes? Like, doesn't that seem weird? Sure, I like, do. You know, like it just
0: doesn't. It's just weak. It's it's not like it's a number one contender. Fight. You know, I mean, there's really there's no. I mean, uh, every fight I, it matters. I get in the long run, every fight does matter. But if we're talking, you know, top of a card where people. You know, 75, 80 bucks. There's really no stipulation coming out of this, per se.
1: Exactly. I mean, this was literally, uh, in all honesty, I think what the UFC is doing, just personal opinion, they want a lot of eyes on Macy Barber. I I think that they're, I think they're still very high on her. I think that um, she still could potentially be a pretty big star for them. She's very young, very talented. Um, But Alexa Grosso is no joke. I mean, it's a very winnable fight for Grosso. Uh, the matchup itself is a good matchup. It just doesn't have, you know, once again, who on? I don't think there's anybody out there trying to pay $70 to watch it. Um. In, in the in the big problem there is like Usman and Burns is an awesome fight, but like on paper, name value wise, especially in comparison to the rest of what's going on with the UFC pay per views, mm-hmm. it's going to be a really really tough sell. Because if you had Usman and Burns, but then you had like, you know, Michael Chandler versus Dustin Poirier, you know something, you know what I mean, like something like that, then mm-hmm. it's like okay, yes, seventy dollars. Like we know we're guaranteed some big time bangers. On top of a title fight, you know, being in the main event, this is like, it's just a, it's just a weak co-main event for a pay-per-view. If this was the co-main event of UFC Fight Night on ESPN Plus, I have no issues. But $70, I mean, that's the second biggest fight you're promoting. I mean, that's, it's just weak. And, oh, by the way, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. I will say, um... I'm going to take Alexa Grosso. I think that
0: she spoils the uh, the UFC's plans. Uh, here. I love it. I love the spoiler. No, I think, you know, I look at a co-main event and think, God forbid something happens to the main event, but the co-main, right? That's if something does happen, we're pushing that up, bro. If something happens to that main event and this is UFC 258 Grosso versus Barber, people are going to be like, what the fuck are you talking about, dog?
1: Yeah, that's a perfect, a perfect way of putting it because this is honestly one of those where if something happened to Burns or Respawn, they would have to cancel this pay-per-view. Like this oh, pay- yeah or, yeah.
0: or they're going to have to get somebody, you know what I mean, like they're going to be they're going to be throwing money at Michael Chandler or you know someone to fill that spot.
1: Yeah, I, there would be in an, an absolute panic mode. Um that they they would probably be like, you know, like Burns falls out for some reason and they would be like Nate Diaz versus Usman for the belt or something. You know, they would just find like the the biggest name yep. humanly possible, throw as much money as that them as they possibly could, and um that would be the only thing they could possibly try to do to save it. I mean, they they literally they, they literally did that with all the last time this fight was supposed to happen. Like it was yep, supposed it was exactly. supposed to be Burns versus Usman, and then they threw they threw uh all in there. Um, so literally, I didn't even think about that, but like that. That scenario actually has happened for this fight before. <laughs> um, so there you go. If that happened again, they there's there's I mean yeah I'm I'm, I'm with you, Mo's. I mean there's once again there's some decent fights here, but it's like yeah sorry I mean I I have had no issue paying that seventy five I say seventy five. It's like whatever the ESPN plus subscription is plus seventy dollars basically. I mm-hmm. I don't like I don't like paying that price. But I'm I'm okay with paying it when we had stuff like Connor and uh, Dustin. I'm okay. I'm more than okay with paying it for triple title fights and double title fights and stuff. But like, I'm only buying this one because I know I can write it off. You know, like, literally. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, it's yeah. just like if I if I didn't know that money was coming back to me at some point, even being a hardcore fan, it'd be a really really tough sell uh, to to buy this for seventy bucks. And no, and it has nothing to do with Usman and Burns, by the way. Like they, they deserve to be the main event for the title, but everything around it is not doing them any favors.
0: No, no, you're right. I, hundred um, percent, same page. I'm actually going to take Macy Barber only because of the flip flop you mentioned for Grosso. She won her last fight, so I'm going to say she's going to lose this one. Um, Interesting stuff for the co-main, man. I I really look forward to seeing what uh, MMA Twitter has to say on Fight Night about this one. Um, Kelvin Gastelum, Ian Heinish. Gastelum back in there, man. Middleweight. Uh, what's your gut telling you about this matchup?
1: So this is another thing where it's like, you know, I I respect the hell out of both fighters, but. It, this this really just continues the same thing I'm talking about with Barber and Grosso being the co-main. Like your third biggest fight of a of a show that's going to cost seventy something dollars is Gasolom, who's lost three fights in a row versus Heinish, who lost back to back and and just got a big win over Mershart. So I mean, shout out yep. for that, you know, big win there. And to be fair, Gasolom's losses are Adesanya, Till, and Hermanson, three of the best guys in the division. Like so, I. I there's no shame in losing to those people, but we're talking about a guy in Kelvin Gastelum who, I mean, he loses four in a row, you know, and he's making, de- if he's making decent money, he could you know what I mean? The UFC could see him as expendable and, and not a future title challenger, and he could be done, you know? Yeah.
0: No, um, that's, that's a big reason I think coming into this fight, I, that's why I'm waiting. I'm picking Gastelum because of what you just said. Yeah. I'm
1: going to pick Gastelum as well. Um, you know he needs that win like he's he's dying for that win i mean even before that he had that split decision win over jockeray which was really close that could have gone the other way and his last big win was was michael bisbing and it was you know bisbing retired pretty much right after that fight so i mean this is once again it's just once if this was on a free show i i have no gripes at all but once again, we come back to 70-something dollars. This is your third best fight, and it's – we're talking about people, but, you know, the, our, our buildup between me and you of talking about this fight is, like, I hope Gaslam doesn't get fired, you know? Like, that's, like <laughs> – <laughs> so true. You know what I mean? Like
0: – Yeah. Like, that's <laughs> – so, I mean, I, I'm i going to say is is well. Least t- t- well, if Heinish hadn't just won, it could literally maybe be a loser-lease town match.
1: Yeah, it, it could be. And if I look at the rankings, I'm gonna pull up <clears throat> excuse me, I'm gonna pull up the middleweight rankings real quick. Um let's see. So Gas at nine, Heinish is at fifteen. Which, you know, that makes sense for both guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, not not really super consequences either outside of like a potential loser leaves town type scenario like you were saying but like there's no the winner of this isn't in the title mix the winner of this isn't probably even fighting someone in the top 10 next you know maybe maybe top 15 top 10 maybe but like you know it's just it's just you know i just don't know what else to say if it was on a free show i'd have no problems it'd be a great match it is a good matchup on paper but it's like you know, that's that's the th- I dude Pedro Munoz and Jim Rivera is a better fight, to be honest, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a second. But who, are, you're, you are taking Gaslam for your. Uh, yeah, I'm saying I'm
0: leaning Gaslam. In. Just what you said, the losing streak. Uh, I got to go, I think, back against the wall. If this is not, you know, that that violent Kelvin Gaslam we've seen, he may be out of a fucking job.
1: Yeah. And, you know, the, the Kelvin Gaslam we've seen lately has I mean, he isn't like he's not a bad fighter, but it's like. You know, I, I mean, I think I saw the best Calvin Ga- Gastelum of all time live when he fought Adesanya in Atlanta. I mean, it's like, I just don't think he's ever going to top that performance. I don't think he's ever going to be the champ. I think it's the closest he's ever going to get to being the champion. Um, he's had a damn good career, and he's still a damn good fighter. Um, and he dude, he might actually benefit from being cut by the UFC if that happens, because he could go to Bellator and probably, like, completely turn it around. Um, so, I mean, I... I don't know, but I, I, I'm going to take Gastelum as well, and I just hope it's a good fight, and I hope I hope both guys look good in the fight, and I hope that both of them look good going forward because I am a fan of both guys. It's just I'm not a big enough fan that I would want want to spend seventy five dollars right. watching them fight. So
0: I think that's I think that's pretty fair. Um, yeah, both of the Gaslam, bantamweight division next. I, I you said it a second ago. I, I think this fight Munoz and, and Rivera. It, is, it feels like a bigger fight. Uh, I know um, they both have also recently been in losing streaks, but against t- top right at Rivera, he's one and two of his last three. He's also what? He's two and three in his last five with those losses to Moraes, Sterling, and Peter Jan. So, you know, that, that's yeah. That's, those, those are champions. <laughs> and then um, for Munoz, he, he's coming off two losses back to back to Aljo and then the Frankie Edgar fight we mentioned earlier. So, a lot of L's going around um, in all these fights, but this one feels like I think it's going to be a banger. I think it's going to be a really good fight. But again, it's one that, um, you know, it's it's just it's looking to gain momentum more than anything. Are both these guys?
1: Yeah, and because of the people they've lost to, like this, this is the kind of like I'd have this as the co-main event. Like given the the circumstances, I feel of, that. Like, yeah, of, of who's on this show, like I think this deserves. More spotlight than Grosso versus Barber, Gaslin versus Heinish. Like, I mean, these are two guys who are very much in the mix in the bantamweight division, like for for the title. Like it they're let me pull up the, the rankings here as well. So we've got uh Munoz at number eight and Rivera at number nine. So this makes total 100 percent sense. They're ranked right next to each other in the division, both top ten guys. And they've been in the octagon with a lot of these guys ranked ahead of them. As a matter of fact, uh, people forget Munoz knocked out Cody Garbrandt, uh, you know, three fights ago. So he's he's like always going to be kind of perennial contender there as long as, you know, he can keep getting wins against you know, decent people, even occasionally. Same with Jimmy Rivera. Like they they've, they're fighting really good guys consistently. And Rivera has the win over Dodson and most recently over Cody Stamen. So, you know, as far as the prediction goes, I'm going to take Munoz. I think that he's a little more versatile and he has, I think they both have knockout power, but I think Munoz might have a little more knockout power. Um, whereas I also think Munoz could potentially submit him or knock him out. Um, so, you know, and, and Rivera has been going to a lot more decisions recently and stuff like that. So I'm gonna, I'm leaning towards Munoz. I think it's a great fight on paper. It's a fight that makes a thousand percent sense. Uh, but I'm taking Munoz. What about you?
0: Same. I I love I love Jimmy Rivera, but I think uh, Munoz gets the win here. Just like you were saying, just he feels maybe a little more. He wants to get that finished, get it get it done, and then just um, maybe a little more tools to utilize uh but uh, again very excited for this one i would not be upset if this i mean this were the co-main this is a a very good main card fight even um even with all of this kind of question marks around it so definitely uh, if you haven't already circled uh pedro versus jimmy because this should be a lot of fun the uh the, the opening fight on the main card middleweight division Mackie Pitolo and Julian Marquez, the only fight of our main card that does feature a Wikipedia page versus non Wikipedia page. Um, interesting way to kick it off. Like I said, this is the uh, middleweight division. Um, homeboy uh, Mackie is coming off two losses in a row. Uh, again, man, just feels kind of like, um, you know, what it's, it's, a, it's a fight, but like there's not a lot for us to sink our teeth into.
1: Yeah, that's some awesome build for the, the opener of a $75 pay per view. <laughs> All right, first up, you got a why, guy. Why back not
0: put the Jim Miller fight there, you know, like there, there's, you know what I'm saying?
1: <clears throat> yeah, well, to be honest, <clears throat> way more people are going to watch Jim Miller versus Bobby Green than any of the pay per view fights we're talking about. You know, that's a way, good point. Yeah, way more people are going to watch that free prelim card than are going to actually buy the pay per view. So, uh, I mean, it's like, yeah, okay, Patolo coming off back to back losses fired up for this guy, you know, it's like, all right. right. And the person he's fighting also coming off of a loss now, very random. um, What's his name here? Marquez. He holds a win in 2016 over Matt Hamill. So that's random as hell. Um, Yeah. I'm going to go with Marquez because of that. That's literally the only reason I'm making that pick no wikipedia page <laughs> has defeated matt Hamill before other guys coming off of back to back losses and uh, maybe he makes it three losses in a row who knows week week pay-per-view
0: <laughs> i'm going i, I was going to pick marquez because he didn't have a wikipedia page but you you made me feel very confident about that now with the matt Hamill fact well, there you go when it's also
1: like i like I'm going to pull up the records real quick, so I'm not, like, thinking I'm going crazy. Okay, here we go. Here's a perfect example of, like, what, of just what's going on here. So, the opener we talked about, we could, we could care less, basically. The <laughs> the Munoz-Rivera fight is great on paper. Like, this deserves to be on pay-per-view. Like, even though they're coming off losses, like, it's, or uh, Rivera's coming off a win, but you know what I'm saying. Like, a lot of losses recently, but to the tippy-tippy top of the division, um, Gaslam versus Heinish is like we're just sitting here hoping Gaslam doesn't get fired and then we have Barber versus Grosso which once again just just maybe the weakest UFC co-main event uh, for a pay-per-view that I mean that I can think of at least in recent recent memory but then on the prelims, Belil Muhammad and Jay Lima are fighting who are like Lima's on a three-fight win streak, Muhammad's on a three-fight win streak they're all fighting, they're like winning against good people and they're on like like the second fight of the the espn Pro, plus uh prelims like why why isn't that on the pay-per-view i uh,
0: I was thinking the same thing when i saw the card man that that's a that's a fight right there
1: yeah like i get the ricky simone and uh brian Kellerher fight because that's literally them trying to sell people espn plus and fight pass like that's what they're doing with that probably is like We'll put one guaranteed banger on the early prelims to get people to watch the early prelims and also to sell some extra subscriptions that I'm fine with. But like, you know, and, and, and you could have it could have been Jim Miller, Bobby Green. It could have been Blue Muhammad. Gia, Gia Lima. I just don't know how Muhammad versus Lima gets lost in the mix to where it's just like this random fight in the middle of the prelims when there are worse matchups on the pay-per-view. It makes no sense to me.
0: Well, I I'm with you. Um, we're not we are not employed by the UFC, so maybe they some they know something we don't. But this this is a very much a head scratcher of a card, especially and and what really after what happened in the last you know pay per view the Connor fight where you know it felt like everyone was buying this and trying to watch that the the damn server went down this is going to be one i don't know if the server is going to be needed if you catch my trip <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: that'd be so funny they're like rewarding people for illegally streaming it they're like hey th- <laughs> th- thank you for at least watching it um <laughs> yeah i mean it just doesn't make any sense but i'll throw out some more predictions just real quick before we sure. get out of here we don't have deep dive on the rest of this but like um, and I, I want to get your prediction as well. Uh, Bobby Green, Jim Miller. I'm going to take. I'm going to take Jim Miller. I just think he's a little more versatile. But I love that matchup. That's a really good fight. Who do you have in that
0: one? I'm going Jim Miller just because the I, I, it's one of my one of those guys. Unless unless I really got, it, I usually don't pick against Jim Miller. That's a tough bitch.
1: Yeah, and he looked awesome, and uh, he lost his his recent fight to uh, Pichnell really mm-hmm. bad with that name but uh that went over roosevelt roberts was really impressive they were really building up roosevelt and uh jim miller kind of stopped the hype train on that one and bobby green was active as hell in 2020 four fights so you know i love both guys and i love bobby green's life story he's had a crazy life story and a lot of just wild stuff has happened to him and his family and stuff throughout his life so i i love that matchup uh, between both guys um and then the other one there, Bill Mohammed Muhammad and Diego Lima. Mm-hmm. See, awesome fight. Like I was saying, fucking both guys are on three fight winning streaks. Um, I think Muhammad's streak is a little more impressive. He's coming off of a win over Lyman Good, who's a former Bellator champion. Curtis Melander, um, I think is pretty decent as well. You had Cord McGee on the other side losing to Diego Lima, Diego Lima. And of course, obviously Diego Lima, for those of you who may not know, the brother of Douglas Lima, who is the mm-hmm. Bellator welterweight champion, one of the best welterweights in the world. Um, I'm going to take Muhammad just because I think he's his, he's has fought better guys, I think, a little more recently and uh, a little more versatile than Diego. But I, I like Diego Lima a lot. The uh, the Lima brothers actually train nearby here in Atlanta. So uh, I am a fan of theirs big time, but I think Muhammad gets the job done.
0: What do you think? Again, same with you. Uh, just because of the opponents he's beat, uh, I- I'm going Muhammad. But this was a, this was a tough one. I- I- I'm Part of me saying Lima, but I- I'm going to stick with Muhammad. Um, but, it, yeah, we keep going back to it. This is another one to circle.
1: Yeah, yeah, I like that matchup a lot. That'll be really – like I said, I don't know how that didn't make the pay-per-view – and then uh, the only other one there that I w- I'd want to touch on real quick is uh, Simone and Kelleher. Uh, yes. yes, I'm gonna. Ooh, that's a it's a really tough one.
0: Uh, Simone was super impressive recently in his last fight, and so so was Kelleher, uh, though. Oh, you're right. Yeah, Yep, September um, of, uh, guillotine over Ray Rodriguez.
1: Yeah, man. I like Simone. I thought had really really. Like, before he fought Uriah Faber, like, Uriah Faber murked him in the first round. And, like, that really, like, derailed his hype train because they were really building him. Uh, and then he lost to Rob Font, but that was a unanimous decision. Rob Font's really, really good. Oh, this is a tough one. Really tough. I like Kelleher a lot. And he's super gritty. Uh, I'm going to take Simone. It's a tough one. I, I like them both a lot, but I think Simone just has more power. I think he has a better chin. I'm going to take Simone. What about you?
0: I'm actually going to her here, but uh, just like the last fight, Simone fought what? He fought on the last, was it the last pay-per-view, Rick? He fought, um, is that right? Yeah, no, it was the Chiesa Magna card. So January 20th, a couple of weeks ago, uh, a submission arm triangle choke win for Simone. Uh, so I, I really want to say he's gonna ride that wave, but something in me is telling me Kelleher, man. I'm gonna go Kelleher.
1: Yeah, I mean that's a good choice too. I I like Kelleher a lot. It's it's hard for me to pick against Kelleher. I just I just have a gut feeling on Simone, but uh yeah, really, really good matchup. Once again, that fight right there is better than uh a few of the pay per view fights in my opinion. So yeah, we'll see. I, I know we did a great job of selling everyone uh, UFC at 258, <laughs> but luckily for us, we don't like most of. We don't work for the UFC. We're giving an no. honest opinion, and I, uh, I think, I think the streaming, the illegal streaming numbers will surpass the pay per view buys. That's my guess on this one.
0: Ooh, that's a good. That's a good bet. Uh, that's a good parlay bet that I would I would pop <laughs> in on that easily, man. Like, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, but anyway, that's everything I got. No, yeah, same, man. I, those are the same ones I wanted to touch on. Um, uh, you know, we, we've shit on the main card pretty hard, but that prelim <laughs> card's kind of fire. Of course, that'll be on ESPN Plus and ESPN, and then a uh, great main event that will have definitely ramifications for that division moving forward. But, yeah, man, um, we did it. Um, if, you, if you feel so inclined, please, uh, on Twitter, follow me, at mostkobk. K-O-B-K and um and yeah whatever else you got man to get us out we'll be back next week and maybe talk about how how good or bad or in between this main card turned out to be
1: yeah and you know all this is to say you know there's been plenty of UFC cards We're on paper it didn't look great but the fights ultra delivered i mean there's there it we could be sitting here this next monday and we could be raving about how this is one of the best UFC shows we've ever seen. I mean, I hope that's the case. I hope the fights all wind up being great. And I don't mean any disrespect for any of the fighters that we've talked about during this, but I think everyone who listens understands where we're coming from. Um, as far as you know, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's Fight Talk underscore F I G H T T A L K underscore. I've been doing a lot of live chats on Jessie Davin's YouTube channel. She's out with maternity, out on maternity leave, I should say, uh, right now, and it's her birthday, like I said, so once again happy birthday to jesse and if you want to watch some of those chats i'll probably go live again the rest of this week like i'll probably do like thursday or like tuesday wednesday thursday again or something i'm not sure if i'll be on fightful gaming switch channel on uh tomorrow or not on tuesday we've done the last tuesdays but uh there's a lot of stuff going on with fightful this week and uh there's people that have that are literally moving right now and stuff like that so it's it's, i'm not sure if we'll be going live tomorrow or not but make sure to you know give a, a follow to the Fightful gaming twitch channel cuz you know it's been fun doing those impact watch alongs over there um all things mma keep an eye out for any videos that i added over there on the youtube uh on the youtube machine uh that's all things mma let's see if there's anything else um that's pretty much it I uh, also, you know, make sure to subscribe right here to the fight talk podcast feed. Good reviews, good ratings, thumbs ups, all that good stuff. It helps out a ton subscriptions, follows wherever you're listening. Much appreciated. And uh, once again, that's fight talk underscore F I G H T T A L K underscore. Uh, I try to keep that updated with all my stuff. Um, what did you do? Was that were you good? Mose? did you have anything else before you get out of here?
0: Yeah, no, man. I gotta go to the dadgum dentist, so I, I'd oh, love to right. sit here. I'd love to sit here and talk to you all day, but I gotta, I gotta be an adult.
1: That's right. We actually ran long. I completely forgot you had to do that today. So uh, for jumping, Johnny Mosley, I'm Stephen <laughs> Jensen. Uh, we will see you all next Monday, talking some more mixed martial arts.